Hi everyone, this is Amber. We had a lot of fun chatting with our special guests, Mark and Tony, as they shared about their experience on the Galactic Star Cruiser. We did chat about some other things at the beginning of the episode, so if you'd like to jump right to the Star Cruiser information, you can skip to about the 17-minute mark. Thanks and enjoy the episode. You are listening to the Fairy Podmothers. I'm Amber, and I'm joined by Amy and Sarah tonight. Some of our other pod Podmothers could not make it tonight. Abby and Autumn, I know, are in the parks tonight, so I know they'll be ready to share their trip reports with us next week. I don't know about the two of you, but I am loving this fall weather. I took the kids to the North Georgia Mountains this weekend to see the fall colors and do a couple of touristy things up there. How's the weather where you are, where you are, ladies? Oh, it is nice and toasty and warm down here in North Florida. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 50 by me. What what was that? Was that Amy? It's like 50, it's 50s. And that seems warm to me. (laughs) Yeah. I see you're in a sweatshirt. (laughs) Yeah, 50s. So my winter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this week, we are happy to have a couple of guests with us. Tony and Mark recently had the opportunity to stay at the Star Wars Hotel, or the Galactic Star Cruiser, as it's officially known. We are here for all the tea on the Halcyon, I hope hope I'm saying that right, and I can't wait to get into it. But first, as is tradition here on the Fairy Podmothers, we like to do a quick round of rapid fire to get to know our guest a little bit better. You may remember Tony as he was a guest on a previous episode about Disney cruises, and Mark joined his wife Bridget on a Battle of the Disney Spouses episode way back in the day. (laughs) But we will do another rapid fire so you can get to know these fellas a little bit more just because it's tradition and it's fun, I think. So um, we'll just go through these questions and Tony and Mark, y'all can just jump in. First of all, hey, y'all, I forgot to say hello. Hello, it's good to see you. Howdy, thank you for having us on. And uh, here in Connecticut, I'll let you know it was a lovely 70 degrees today. Uh, We broke all sorts of highs. So uh, long live this uh, climate change, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in the Northeast too, right, Mark? Yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania or in in the Philly area. So it was was in the 70s today too. I'm still wearing shorts i'm still clinging the summer with everything i've got but <laughs> it's well, gonna speaking be speaking of klingons we've got an episode tonight <laughs> that's the other star thing okay i know i know it's all good things. i know the things um <laughs> condolences to your baseball team mark i know thank you <laughs> you're very sad well, I am here in Atlanta, Braves country, so we are passing on the trophy, I guess, to the Astros. <laughs> All right, so our first rapid fire question is, which Star Wars character would you like to spend a day with? Uh, I, uh, I guess I'll, I'll go first, if you don't mind, Tony. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think absolutely the first the Star Wars character I'd, I want to spend time with is R2-D2. Definitely. <laughs> and because like he's it, there, he's always involved in stuff. He's he's got stories going on that we never saw anything for. I definitely want to be hang out with R2D2. 
I love R2. He's so sweet. Like if a robot can be sweet, he is the sweetest little robot <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> I, like I just think about the like at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back and they're talking about how like they got um, Princess Leia's clothes all wet because they turned on a heater in, 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 in the inner chambers or something. I just like I want to know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tony? All right. Now, now this is going to sound weird uh, and it might sound very weird to Sarah since she's not really a big Star Wars fan. But uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, I want to spend a day with them. You know, that's where Luke lived uh, after Ben brought him to Tatooine and they're moisture farmers. I want to know exactly what moisture farming is. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how it's done. I know there's moisture evaporators involved. I know there's a couple of them outside of Star Tours, but I want to see the day, a day in the life of a moisture farmer. <laughs> I hey, actually did not know those characters, so that's those are new ones to me. <laughs> that's kind of intriguing for someone who doesn't know Star Wars. Now I'm like, okay, yeah. now I need to know more. Well, yeah, and I, maybe I, that'll be your entry into the Star Wars universe. <laughs> You're welcome. And I could I could totally see hang, Tony hanging out with grumpy Uncle Owen. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Complaining about how things have changed. Exactly. That's funny. So the the aunt and uncle raising the raising the hero is that right that Correct. seems to be a common trope in um sci-fi movies like i'm thinking spider-man um he that guy lives with his yeah daughter. right right so it's a maybe a common thing yeah parents die a lot <laughs> yeah disney movies too especially yeah, right <laughs> all right question number two blue milk Mickey Bar or Dole Whip? Which I'm going to jump on this one first, Mark, because you know everyone knows me. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that it is hands down the Mickey Bar. Uh, I don't care what restaurant I'm in, uh, even on the cruise line when they've got uh, delicious desserts, I'm I'm choosing the Mickey Bar. How many have you? How many Mickey Bars would you say you consume on an average cruise? You know, I'm getting older. I'm in my mid fifties now, and I try not to do more than one a day. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully my wife is not listening because I usually try to sneak another one in. So I, I will say no more than two per day. Nice. And I would definitely they are bottomless on the cruises, right? They are. And I would say rarely do I hit three a day. Hey, we can all have our goals. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Which one are you going with? I think I'm going with a Dole Whip. Because the blue milk's okay. I like it, but I don't love it. Mickey bar. I, I, I love everybody loves a Mickey bar, but I think I'd, I'd go Dole Whip. I'm with you, Mark, especially during the summertime. I can't have a Mickey bar because it melts all over my, all right. over my hands and everything. By the time I can eat it all, it's messy. The Dole Whip is contained. It's right. in its own cup. So yeah. And I haven't tried blue milk. Um, Sarah or Amy, have y'all tried the blue or green milk at the parks? I have not a fan it's a I don't know my brain just can't understand that it's not milk but it's milk it's just like <laughs> I don't understand and then doesn't one of them taste like a pina colada like I was very confused <laughs> yeah I have not had the one with rum yet okay. I've only ever had the regular <laughs> but like I thought I thought about it the last when we were there I thought about getting one with rum but I never got over there I think um I think my husband and my best friend did some sort of like a bet and then they one of them lost and they had to take both the green and the red milk and like mix them together and drink it Oof. that was, not was good. Red. 
Oh, yeah. sorry, great green and blue. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, green and blue. Yeah, <laughs> mix them together. I was like, uh, no, pass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound appetizing at all. Yeah, and and I know Mark as a fan of the Dole Whip. Uh, over the past few years, Disney has added quite a number of alcoholic uh, options to the Dole Whip. Yeah. When, when we were kids, it was just a straight up Dole Whip. Right. But now you can you can plus it up a little bit and kick it up a notch, and, and that's, that's the right. same thing they've done to the blue and green milk. Yes. Whereas there's no alcohol added to the Mickey bar in any circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of hard to do. It would. <laughs> I like to dunk my Mickey bar in like coffee or espresso. It's nice. really good too. I like that. That's breakfast right there on the cruise. My husband orders coffee and Mickey bars for breakfast, and that's what we do. <laughs> Get out. That's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> All right. Well, I will tell this you. This is the content we're here for. <laughs> okay. This. Yeah. I'm. I'm all over this. Next mid, time I go on a cruise. Midday or in the evening on the cruise, order chocolate chip cookies and a Mickey bar because they usually deliver the chocolate chip cookies nice and warm, and you can take the chocolate chip cookies, put a Mickey bar between them, and make a Mickey bar ice cream oh, sandwich, gosh. which is a very nice option. All right. I'm taking notes. I'm You're right. You're right. <laughs> all right. This is this is good stuff right here. We're changing the topic. We're no longer right. talking about the <laughs> How to improve the Mickey bar. Yeah, exactly. All right. Our next question is, if you could share any part of the Star Cruiser experience with George Lucas, and for anyone who doesn't know, George is the creator of Star Wars, what part of the experience would you share? You know, I, I would have to say I would like to just sit down with him in the sublight lounge, which is one of the lounges on the, on the cruise ship. Uh, it's essentially a bar uh, on the Halcyon. And I would just like to ask him what the hell he was thinking for episodes one through three. <laughs> you know, uh, who 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 gave him the the OK to hire Jake Lloyd? And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I don't know. I just. I think episodes four, five, and six were just so pure. And, and I don't know if it's because I was a child, you know, and by the time the prequels came out in the mid to late nineties, um, you know, I was a little older and, and, and maybe it was different, but it, it, they just could have been so much better. And, you know, he had no involvement in the sequels, seven, eight, and nine. So I, I wouldn't really put that on his shoulders, but just some of the questions that I would have about the first three, uh, I, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to get some clarification and, and possibly my money back. <laughs> well if you paid for it what was the year you watched them yeah like 1999 i probably paid five dollars a ticket if that much yeah there you go what about you mark uh i think i i would do the sublight lounge also and i'd like to just sit down and pick george's brain that's that's you know that's uh i would yeah. do the same thing yeah tony i noticed your answer i don't know if you remember this but when you were on the other time on the pod mothers talking about disney cruises i asked you for part of the rapid fire if you could spend time with walt in the parks what would you do where would you go and you gave a similar answer you said mm -hmm. that you would take him to the um, carousel and talk about his vision and how that seeing the carousel and what was it griffith park yep yep um trans Hired into making all of this so i think your answers are very similar i don't know if you remember that but just like yeah you know i'm a i'm a very big like why type of guy you know i i like to know the reasoning behind things like why did it work out the way it did and you know going back to walt you know just a guy sitting on a bench watching his daughters on a carousel 
mm-hmm. suddenly it's Disney World, Disneyland. It's it's a, it's an it's a worldwide global empire. You know, how did that happen? Same thing with Star Wars. Like, why did you make the decisions that you did? Um, I don't know, just to, just to learn. And maybe it's because I want to know the inner workings of, of genius, um, you know, and, and how does that help me? How can I apply that to things that I do? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much a why guy. And a lot of other people's answers seem to be in the category of, let me show Walt all these new things. Like, I'm going to take him on Rise of the Resistance. I'm going to take him on Guardians and show him what's become of his parks. But I like that yours is not that. Yours is, let's go somewhere. Let me hear from him. Let me learn from him. Right. So. And, then, you know, there's a purity to that. You know, it, it, it's, and here I am. My, my voice is cracking a little, but, you know, it's a father with two daughters and he just wants to spend time with them. Yeah, exactly. You know? So. All right, we're going to move away from Star Wars. And our next rapid fire question is, what is your favorite song to get on Guardians of the Galaxy? Or which ones have you gotten? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Have you written it? <laughs> uh, I have to confess, I have not been on Guardians of the Galaxy yet. Okay, well. So I, I, I'm dying to do it. I tried to do it when we went down. Uh, I had had we got down there the day before the star cruiser so i spent the day in epcot and i tried to get on but it was it was already gone by the time i got there gotcha yeah, we'll have to definitely put it on your list for next time yeah i really want to do it yeah i i am in that same boat with mark i was there the day before he actually arrived there uh, an hour or so ahead of me and by the time we got there all of the uh, uh individual lightning lane options were gone uh and that is my first uh trip back since they opened cosmic rewind uh, but looking at the list, if I had to choose one, I want to get uh, Iran from by a flock of seagulls, just because that is, you know, that is to me classic 80s. I know all of you ladies are young, uh, and not many of you were alive in the 80s. Um, I was but, alive uh, during the 80s. Well, yeah, you were you were very young in the 80s, probably the tail end of the 80s. I was born in 78. All right, well, um, um, Tony, you're my new favorite person. <laughs> uh, but you know, as as a child of the very late 60s. Um, you know, the eighties were my, were my, uh, you know, my strong point. Um, and, uh, I, I think that a flock of seagulls just kind of sums up, you know, the early MTV generation, one hit wonder classic, you know, uh, crappy MTV pop music. And, uh, that's, it's such a good song. It, it's so bad that it's good. You know, when you look at the video and, yeah, and, you know, I don't know how many kids these days actually watch videos, but if you watch the video for this, you, you know, it's a classic 1983, uh, the video it's you know production value is so bad you know the song is just a bunch of synthesizers but it's to me it screams 80s yeah all right so our last rapid fire i don't know we might not can call these rapid fire they're just fire at this point yeah. um your favorite meal at disney either on or off the star cruiser um you know i'm i'm a big cruise guy and uh, I was on the wish this this past uh, August. And um, I've got to say, I was very impressed with uh, the Festival of Foods, which is the quick service location up on the pool deck, uh, Donald's Cantina and the Mickey's uh, Smokestack Barbecue. Phenomenal food. Um, you know, not a main meal, but definitely something that you can eat during the course of the day while you're there. Uh, my old favorite is Teppan Ito in Epcot, but, but I will say that Disney on the cruise line has raised their game with their quick service on the wish, uh, specifically those two locations. And, and they very quickly, uh, be, got many return visits from me on the course of our, uh, five days. 
Yeah. I'm taking notes as you're saying this because I'm going on the wish in two weeks. <laughs> okay. And well, that's, I will where, I, oh, I will, that's where Mark's wife is right now. She is. And, and I will tell you, if you have an opportunity to request a server, Noel Fernandez uh, from India uh, is a, a great guy. And I'll give this to you offline as well. Okay. And, I'm uh, writing it down. Always a nice option for those who are thinking of cruising. If you can get a server that somebody recommends or has used in the past, it, it's always a nice uh, a nice option to know that you're getting a quality uh, a, a quality server or server team. And, and Disney's always uh, you know high marks for that. But if you get someone that somebody else has used and can recommend, uh, I, I highly I highly recommend that. Awesome. What about you, Mark? Uh, this is a tough one because there's so much that I really love. But I'm going to go with. Um, I, I love the Brown Derby. Um, you know, I, I, that's, that's one of my favorite restaurants in Disney, but if you ask me like six months from now, it could be something completely different. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to have to give it another shot because I had the Brown Derby. It wasn't my favorite. So I'm going to have to give it another try. Okay. Now, see, I'll tell you that I thought that Mark and I would have both said Casey's Corner because well, we're both we're both suckers for a good hot dog, and uh, and I know that that's a favorite uh, of both. Yeah, of that's that's another favorite is Casey's. Yeah, love it. All right, so now to get into the actual topic of tonight's podcast, um, to kick things off, Tony is going to give us an overview of exactly what the Star Cruiser is and kind of what the experience is like. Okay. Uh, thanks, Amber. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, it is the Star Wars Hotel, but more commonly referred to as Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, the, the concept here is that you're boarding a ship uh, for an intergalactic journey. And the name of the ship is the Halcyon. Uh, it's been around for a couple of hundred years. The ship has a, a varied history. It's actually the ship that uh, Han Solo and uh, Leia had their honeymoon on. Uh, and that's part of a, a novel that is Star Wars canon. So that, uh, you know, that does come into play. Um, it's an older ship. And um, when you get on there, it's an immersive experience. You know, I, I think if you're a theme park fan, you know about Galaxy's Edge. You know about Pandora. Uh, you know, you, you even know about the, the other side of, of Orlando uh, with Diagon Alley and uh, Hogsmeade. And, you know, where Universal took that into an immersive day at the parks, Disney has taken Galactic Star Cruiser and made it a fully uh, immersive two and a half day experience where you are living, breathing and acting Star Wars in a vibrant living uh, show. So, you know, you're, you're part of the show. You're actually on stage and it's part theater, part theme, part escape room, uh, uh, part culinary experience, uh, part role-playing game. It is so many things. Uh, it's really tough to, to describe the entire experience. And, and Mark and I will do our best over the course of the next six and a half hours to do so. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is, it is an experience, like I said, where you are taking a cruise, a journey into the Star Wars universe on a spaceship. And when you board, uh, you know, you literally think that you're going into space. And that is, you know, that is the intent. This, this, is, this is not a hotel. This is not going to the All-Stars. Uh, you know, this is not the Grand Floridian. You're not going to leave. Uh, you're not going to check in and then go jump on a bus and go to Disney Springs. That's, you know, not what it's meant to be. This is a, a two and a half day fully immersive uh, experience. Right. And I, that's a good clarification to make because even though it's called the Star Wars Hotel, 
it makes more sense to think of it, think of it like a cruise, like you wouldn't get off your cruise in the middle of your voyage. Um, kind of same concept, you're on a cruise, but instead of in the ocean, you are in space. Right. And, you know, it's themed that way. When you arrive, you arrive at the cruise terminal. Uh, you have an itinerary. If you've ever cruised with Disney or any other cruise line, you have an app. You know, the Star Wars data pad gives you your entire entire itinerary. There's uh, you know, multiple dining times. There's one, you know, one main dining room, but there's two different seatings. There's shows, there's adventures, there's, you know, the, the Star Wars version of Bingo. Um, so you, you are literally on a, you're on a cruise, you're not going anywhere, but you are on a cruise into space. And it, you know, it's, it's tough to explain, but, but Disney does a phenomenal job theming it. Uh, and Mark and I will get into that as, as we describe, you know, the experience that, that we both shared. Awesome. So I thought we could start by just letting you give us a rundown of each day, just maybe in chronological order. What are some of the highlights um, or some of your favorite things from your first day boarding the ship to the last day? Like, take us take us all the way through. Mark, do you want to start us off? Uh, okay. Um, well, all right. So we you get to the all right, the, the the one thing is a couple things that I wish I should preface before you even get there is they. A lot of what you experience on the Star Cruiser is on is on your phone. You do it through the Disney Play app, and it's very important, right? Like it's it's sort of key to the to the Star Cruiser. So even before we got um, Disney, had some representatives contacting us and saying, "Hey, have you downloaded the Play app? Have you updated it? Um, you know, have you have you prepped to do it? Right? You know, like like from the moment you get there, everything's." sort of on your on your phone and um and the other thing they stressed is that you want to get there at one at like at one o'clock like don't get there before because you can't get in uh, but you want to get there as close to one o'clock as possible because it's sort of starts as, almost as soon as you get there i mean you you get into the terminal you have to go through security um you know they ch they check your you know you go through the magnetometers and everything and then you you get in the launch pod to go up to the star cruiser and um and it does start like as soon as you get there like you, you get in the pod you come out into the, the the pod opens up into the atrium of the star cruiser and your adventure begins i mean there's there's a characters walking around um you know you can walk around the ship you can uh check things out and that's sort of how it all kind of begins you yeah, know and, and, and i I think this is the point where you start to see the the varying levels of fandom uh, on those who have joined you for your journey. Uh, you know, Mark uh, and I attended with two other uh, agents, John and Nate, uh, both with, also with uh, Main Street and More Travel. Um, and, you know, we had Star Wars shirts and, you know, we were, were, were fans. You know, I remember sitting in 1977, uh, you know, in the theater, seeing the original Star Wars and, I've been a fan my whole life, even though I questioned some of Lucas's decisions, but, um, you know, there were people that were there in full out cosplay outfits, you know, with lightsabers hanging on their belt and, uh, you know, twi Twi'lek uh, head extensions yeah. and leather outfits and their fans, you know, they're fully living it. You know, I thought it was pretty cool that I was coming on there with a couple of cool Star Wars shirts and, uh, you know, they suggest maybe you have a backstory and, uh, you know, yeah, I had a story, you know, and, and Mark kind of had a little story and we were talking about things and you see that there are some people who are like super into it. And, and that's kind of what makes it fun is, uh, you know, it's 
it's it's definitely geared towards a Star Wars fan, but you can be a casual fan. Like Sarah, you've never seen the movies, right? Or or have limited experience with with Star Wars. Yeah, I've I've seen the first, like the original three. Okay. You know, okay. and that's kind of where it stopped. I in the nineties when the others came out, I was like, no, nah, I'll pass. <laughs> right. But like you get it. You know who Luke's Luke's uh, Skywalker is, you know the characters. Yeah. So you kind of get what the Star Wars universe is. And and even if you're you know, a casual fan to that level where you know what it is and you know the difference between a TIE fighter and an X-Wing and you know that Kirk and Spock are not part of Star Wars, um, you know, you're going to have a good time. And and all these people of varying, you know, levels of fandom just interact with each other. And it's 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 fun. Yeah. But I would even say, like, it's not even, you know, I mean, there were certain certainly there were there were people who were all who were there who were all decked out, you know, um, and but I, I wouldn't say that it was the majority of people. You know, it was there, there. You know, there there were some. Uh, some people were dressed sort of like we were, and and so, and a lot of people had like costumes that they kind of like cobbled together from various things, and and you know that th- that sort of you know Star Wars like, right? You know, and that that was a you know, so it was it was all over the place. So don't feel like I don't shouldn't go into it feeling like well if i'm not you know if i don't go out and buy the whole you know jedi robes and the whole thing i'm just going to be totally out of place because that's that's not the experience we had right right so um yeah so that's that's uh when you get there you know that's that's how it's sort of starts and you know the you know the first few hours you're just kind of like kind of milling around and, and getting to know everything. Um, I think we got into our, I don't remember if we got into our room right away or not. Um, you to check out the room and the, uh, the rooms are really impressive. Um, yeah, but it, it's mostly sort of like get, you get on board. It's, it's kind of like a cruise. You get on board, you kind of mill about the ship for a while, then you have your buster. Um, and, and we did the, the you know, the, they have the in-universe muster. Right, which is you know the, the the halcyon muster. There's also a mm-hmm. a real muster. Like if there's an actual emergency, okay. <laughs> uh, that happens before you get there. But that but but the, the you have the in universe muster on, in the atrium, and um, that's where they they you sort you you get introduced to the captain at that point. Um, there's some other characters walking walking around that you kind of get introduced to it at at that point. But like your adventure sort of. Like it, I, I don't remember, I don't know exactly how it started for the other guys, but I know for like for me, you know, I I went over and there was a computer console on the in the atrium, and I went over and I played with it a little bit, and then you know about five or ten minutes later, I got a message on my phone, right, and that's how the the story begins for me, right? Like the you know, and I I answered the message, the message asked me to do something, I went and did it, and then that sort of starts the ball rolling, right? Like then I would get other messages at doing, you know, suggesting other things and that kind of thing. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of how it begins. Right. And, you know, and I, I'll say like going into it, I was, I, you know, I've been a fan all my life. I love star Wars. I was skeptical of this experience because I just wasn't sure if it was for me or not. And I was like, I don't know how, how involved I'm going to get. I'm probably not going to be talking to the characters and stuff like that, but it really does. It pulls you in. Because you, you you look around and you see all these other people doing things, and you're like, "Well, what are they doing? How how did they get to do that?" Right? You know, and then like that's what got me in, right? Like, because I was like, "Well, I want to do that," <laughs> right? You know, so that's so it pulls you in, even if you're you don't feel like you're going to be involved, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, the, the app really does uh, engage you. And that's that's the main center point uh, for, for, I'd say, probably 80% of the adventures is messages back and forth. And it's from people who are in the crew. So you've seen all of these actors um, or cast members. Uh, they're part of the staff of the ship. Uh, their first order, um, their, you know, and the engineer, the captain, the cruise director. So there's there's a whole litany of folks that that you interact with. And uh, you know, after after we did the muster, uh, we had a little bit of free time. We had the first dinner seating, which was at five thirty. Uh, there's one big dining room, so you don't have as many options as you do on a, on a regular cruise. Um, but we went into the uh, Star of Corellia dining room. Uh, no, sorry, Crown, Crown of Corellia, of Corellia yeah. uh, dining room, and we were seated, and uh, we were treated to a performance by Gaia, who is a galactic superstar, um, live singing, a live dinner yeah. show, uh, an amazing voice, you know, it is Star Wars music, so if you're familiar with uh, uh, any of the Cantina characters or Cy Snoodles, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's to that level type of music. Um, but Gaia's voice was amazing and it was live, no, no recorded tracks. Um, and, and that happens, that's your first dinner and that's, that's an hour and a yeah. half. And, and then you get out of there. Um, and, and actually I should, we should go back to food uh, because during that arrival time on the ship, uh, the main dining room was open for a buffet. Um, the food, you know, having been a veteran of the Disney cruise line and being platinum level uh, castaway club, I've been on a lot of Disney ships. I've been on a few non-Disney ships. And I have to say that the food and the presentation that they do on the Galactic Star Cruiser uh, rivals and surpasses anything I've seen on DCL. Okay. Uh, now, you, you have to think about yeah, the fact yeah. that there's there's probably only about, you know, 500 guests on the on the Halcyon. So it is a very much uh, smaller uh, guest complement that they are dealing with. But the food presentation, phenomenal. And it's a it's a, it's a Star Wars take on food, uh, Mark. I think it was you that had mentioned uh, the tomato soup and the grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, or it was it was Nate, but yeah, oh, it was Nate. Was, okay, right, right, right. I, I think we all had it. You know, it's yep. it looks like tomato soup. It looks like grilled cheese, but it's it's done in a different style. You know, we we had Caesar salad and you know shortbread croutons, and the Parmesan was like. Uh, was like cooked Parmesan. So it had like a stiff appearance to it. And it, it just looked like otherworldly food. And there were textures and colors that you just wouldn't expect. Yeah. But the, the food was, was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so that was both the buffet lunch and then the sit down dinner uh, was served family style. Uh, the food was really good. Of course, you know, if you've ever eaten at Galaxy's Edge, you're familiar with, you might be familiar with Tip Yip, um, which is chicken. Uh, they also serve Bantha, which is beef. Uh, so, you know, you're getting these naming conventions that are Star Wars related. So even there, you're you're looking at, you know, that part of the universe. Now, they do have Coke and Coke products. So uh, Coke has made it into a galaxy far, far away. And uh, they do have they do have blue and green milk dispensers on board. Um, unlike the Disney Cruise Line, all of the food was free. All of the drinks were free. Uh, with the exception of alcoholic or specialty drinks. So your sodas, coffees, teas, blue milk, green milk. Um, and even the the bar, uh, uh, the little pub had light fare, uh, very small plate type foods. Those were all free. You know, I, I'm used to going into the pubs uh, and bars on the Disney Cruise Line now, and they've started charging for some of the small bite type stuff. Uh, and this is all included in the cost of your cruise on the Halcyon. So yeah, that was, that was very refreshing. Yeah, and they have like, there's pretty much, there's like an area in the atrium that has snacks available pretty much 
any time of day. I mean, I think you go up there at two o'clock in the morning and there'd be, and there's snacks sitting out. Um, all the food was fantastic. They were really like, I, I didn't eat anything I didn't like. I mean, it was really, everything was really good with the exception of that, that uh, mix at the bar. Oh yeah. And this, into stuff like well, whatever it was, but um, yeah, everything was really, really good. I, 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 so the food was excellent. I, the drinks, I, I, I tried four or five different drinks. Um, I'd say three or four, not four or five, uh, three or four different kinds of drinks. I think I wasn't as impressed with the drinks. Um, they looked great, but I didn't love how they tasted. Um, you know, so, but, but there was beer available at the sublate lounge is a full bar. So you can, you can get whatever, you, you know, they can mix you whatever you want. Yeah, so so that that got us through like seven thirty, and I'm I'm sorry for you know we digress. Yeah, we're sort of jumping around. We're, we yeah. go off on a tangent. Um, uh, but that got us through seven thirty, the end of dinner, and then it was just a lot of interactivity. Uh, the characters were walking around the ship. You know, you might see someone, and they pull you aside and they ask you to do something, and you know this this is what makes your journey uh, unique. Is the four of us were traveling together, but we didn't necessarily all do the same thing. You know, we might have answered a request on our data pad differently, or, you know, we were asked to do something and you have options one, two, and three, you know, yes, I'll do it. No, I won't do it. Or option three, you know, why would I do this? And based on your, your decision tree, you get different adventures and tasks to go on. And, um, you know, that was what we did for like the next two hours yeah, uh, and until our lightsaber training, which, which was, uh, you know, Star Wars nerd, uh, like Christmas morning. Um, level Can I interrupt and ask a quick question? Because yes. you you made me think about it, even though it, I think Autumn had a question similar to this later on. So I know this was fine for you guys because you're all adults, but sometimes we may have families with, I don't know what you would suggest is the youngest age, but let's say they have a 12, 13 year old with them. Are they going to be split up from their families to do these tasks? They, I think they can be. They don't have to be, um, you know, it, it, the thing is like, you don't, I, I don't think you have to do any of this stuff. Like the, the stuff that we were doing, we, uh, we were all there. We, we would get requests on our phones and we would, we would, you know, we would do it. Like we'd follow the mission, but I don't, it's not like you have to do it. You know what I'm saying? So if you were there with a, with a younger child or, you know, uh, and the other thing is like, if you don't have a phone, they will, they will give you a phone. Like you have to have a phone to, for this experience right. so i don't know it tony maybe maybe you know i don't know if that includes the children or not so i don't know if the if a, if a young kid if a young child would follow just follow along on the parents adventure right or if the child has his own you know yeah ability you know, I, to, I, I don't i don't know I, I don't know the specific answer to that question but from you know our experience i i would say that uh, you know i saw kids probably as young as eight or nine uh, off on their own doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the nice thing was, you know, some of these groups were multi-generational. So there might've been a parent, uh, you know, and they might've had kids. There were toddlers on the, on the cruise. Um, there were teens, there were tweens. Uh, there were older groups of, you know, yeah. maybe four Disney fans who were in their twenties or thirties. And, you know, uh, maybe a grandparent is, yeah, is there grandparents the family. There. So there was one group that was probably about 12 or 13 people and it ran the gamut from toddlers to grandparents, you know, grandma with her Walker and her star Wars mm. fleece on. Um, but, uh, to go back to your question specifically about kids, you know, we did see kids eight, nine, 10 years old off on their own adventure. 
and and they were not treated any differently than adults. If a character started talking to me, uh, and there was a child who was there in that area for the same kind of reason or adventure, they were involved just as much. You know, that's their experience as well. Uh, so they were given tasks. Um, you know, I, I did go into one space and I opened the door and there were like a couple of kids in there. And I'm just like, I don't know these kids. They're not my kids. I'm like, who are they? What are they doing here? And all of a sudden, you know, like the parent in me is like, where are their parents? <laughs> and then I realized, well, you know, they're here because of task X. Um, and, you know, you start to realize that you're working together. So, you know, you're talking to some of these kids and uh, you're working together. Maybe you're telling them how to do something or they're telling you what they did. And it's just people working towards a, I don't want to say common goal because there are different storylines, but, but, you know, everyone's working towards this goal of living this adventure and, and doing the tasks that you're being asked to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't personally, as a parent, I don't know that I would have anybody younger than like eight, you know, doing something off on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, but they do keep the kids involved. They had droid races going on inside the, uh, the atrium, um, you know, if the kids are there, they they did involve them. And if they were off on their own, like I said, they just involved them as a part, yeah. like, you know, just as well as as Mark and I, you know, um, they they did their best to to keep everyone uh, moving forward. Yeah, but I, I don't think there's any like it's it's not going to be like forced separation. Like you, you're, you're you know, if if a parent wants to go along with their their kid, of course, you're, they're going to you can do that. You know, it's not it's okay. it, and, and the story will we'll we'll go you just follow along with the story that way it's fine right so yeah so once again we we've, we've gone off on this galactic sidetrack here and uh mm -hmm. you know we we had our um our lightsaber training uh still some interactions with characters and before we knew it it was uh you know it was 11 o'clock at night and that's yeah. kind of kind of when the programming ended uh the lounge was open until 1 30 i think pretty pretty yeah. late in the evening uh, so a couple of us went into the lounge. Uh, one of us went back to, to sleep. Um, four of us shared a room. We actually had a fifth sleeper room. Uh, they do have accommodations that's, that uh, house up to eight. Uh, so they have a standard room. They have a, uh, a suite. Uh, and then they have a two-bedroom suite. So that there are lots of options if you have a larger party. Um, the smallest group, you know, they, they base the pricing like any cruise line standard pricing is based on two people per cabin um and it is a you know it's a cruise cabin so it, it's not a standard hotel room uh you're gonna get a queen bed and two bunks and then if you have the fifth sleeper it's a uh, a pull-down style bed um there are no windows on the on the ship uh there are views viewports so you can see what's going on outside when we make the jump to light speed you can see that you see ships going past us you see the planet scapes as we're orbiting different planets uh, but there are no windows to the outside. It, it, it's kind of like being in Vegas. You know, yeah. I, at one point in the night, one of the guys was like, oh, my God, I, I think it's like midnight. Now mm -hmm. it was like 20 after six. And the thing is, too, like you're going like I, I mean, at least for us, we were we were going the whole time. So it's uh, like it's not like you're you're sitting around like I mean, we were we were kind of running around that shit like from the from the time we got there until the time we went to bed that night um we were we were running around the ship the whole the whole time and just as an example i i'm sort of real into my fitbit i make sure i get ten thousand steps a day but i was a little uh paranoid that i wasn't going to get it if i got to the star cruiser so i before i 
we left, I, I walked around the hotel a lot and made sure I had like 5,000 so that I would be okay. But like, just at the end of that day, I had over 12,000 steps. So mm -hmm. I walked two or three miles just at the Star Cruiser. You know what I'm saying? Like up and down the steps and like you're, we were going the whole time. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of activity. Yeah. And, and that activity is, is physically tiring. You know, you don't realize, like Mark said, how many steps you're actually going to get in. And the action space is probably about four decks deep. Uh, so you're going up and down, you know, different levels of the ship. Um, but it's also mentally taxing as well, because you've got these, these tasks and you're kind trying to keep track of what's going on. And I literally at the end of the first day was exhausted. You know, I did not think I was going to be as tired as I was, but my head hit the pillow yeah. and, and I was out. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it, it definitely, you know, drains you. Um, and, and we, I think we all slept well, um, you know, the next morning we got up and the second day on the cruise is your day on Batuu, uh, which is where the, uh, which is where Galaxy's Edge is. So you actually take a shuttle down to uh, Galaxy's Edge. And, you know, once again, I thought I was going to get down there and do one or two things <laughs> and have some time to walk out into uh, Hollywood Studios proper and maybe, you know, go to, uh, uh, you know, Toy Story Land or, or go to Tower of Terror or something. And no, I was uh, the first two and a half, three hours I was there. I was on an adventure. I kept getting task after task. Um, and, you know, there, there are uh, interactive sites in Galaxy's Edge. If, if you've got the Disney Play app or you've done the, the new Batu Bounty Hunters, uh, which is a, a option for park guests at Hollywood Studios and Galaxy's Edge, um, it's very much like that. Only, you know, some of these adventures and, and options are exclusive to uh, Star Cruiser guests. And you're given missions, you're looking for things, you're scanning crates. Um, it's hot out there. The planet of Batu is very hot. Uh, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you you are on the go. And yeah. uh, go ahead, Mark. I think you Yeah, and we all had, what was cool is like when we left the Star Cruiser that day, we all had missions that we had gotten like the night before to do on, on Batu, right? So we knew when we got there, um, you know, each of us had like one or two missions that we had, that we knew we had to do on Batu when we arrived and, and we were thinking, oh, we'll knock these out and then we'll go do other stuff. Right. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't work that way at all. Right. <laughs> like, because every, every mission leads to another mission. Right. Like, so, so you were, we were just, uh, we were just running around all day, you know. So did and, you have a time to ride, um, Millennium Falcon or Rise when you were in Batu? Yes. And, and for that, it like what's what's what the other thing i wanted to point like we all got the four of us got to bet too and then we scattered right like i i mm -hmm. didn't see these guys i was they were off on their own and um you know we got together for rise of the resistance and and millennium falcon Do um, you get any kind of like lightning lane access or yeah and and yeah we got the lightning lane access so we just walked well, i mean it walked right in i had to right stand in a lightning lane but yeah we we, we got right in uh, for both of those and then we we ate lunch together but other than that we were all kind of like running around doing our own thing you know yeah and and the nice thing about the lightning lane access is you know that's included with the galactic star cruiser you have one lightning lane entitlement for each attraction uh both uh, smugglers run and rise of the resistance but it plays into the storyline uh and you know if you remember back to how was it 2014 2015 when they announced galaxy's edge how it was going to be this interactive 
uh, area. And when you went on a mission on Smuggler's Run, you were going to go into the bar and the bartender was going to ask you, you know, like how much coaxium did you get? And it was supposed to be all this interactivity and 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 it never materialized. And a lot of the stuff that they promised for Galaxy's Edge, they worked into the experience with Galactic Star Cruiser. Mm -hmm. So you're going on Rise of the Resistance and you're going on Smuggler's Run, but you're doing it as part of the story. And, and there's a reason why you're on those rides. And, you know, stealing that coaxium on Smuggler's Run plays a part in your story on the Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, so you're, you're getting some of that stuff that, you know, like I said, was promised and never really delivered to the general park, um, but they have plussed it up uh, as part of the Galactic Star Cruiser experience. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, so what did we do? I, I think we, you know, we all separated, as Mark said, you know, we were, we were all kind of on different paths. Three of us were on a very similar path because we kept seeing each other. Um, one of us, uh, he who shall not be named, uh, we think went a little bit to the dark side. You were with uh, Voldemort? <laughs> uh, no, the, the, the other dark side, as in the First Order and or the Sith. Um, uh, it does and, and, look a little like Voldemort, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it was not uh, Mark. It was neither Mark nor I. So, uh, you know, we tried to stay with the forces of light. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we still, even though we were on these separate paths, we still crossed and we were still, still able to share some of these ride experiences together. And, uh, you know, that got us through to about noon. And then uh, we were given a lunch uh, option. So you could eat on Batu, or you could go back to the ship where they were serving a, a buffet. Um, if you ate in Batu, you were given a, a dining credit for either Ronto Roasters or Docking Bay 7. And okay. uh, you were allowed in an entree and a non-alcoholic drink. Uh, anything else that you purchased. Um, like if you purchased a spork and tried to tell your wife it was a dessert, um, which she didn't buy, uh, uh, you know, that was an additional charge. Um, so uh, that was a, that was a nice option. Um, three of us ate lunch at, at Docking Bay 7. Nate went back to the, uh, to the ship because he had a mission to do. I ended up going back to the ship as well. Uh, in order to get back to the ship, you have to take the shuttle back. It's about a 10 minute shuttle experience. Um, and uh, I managed to grab a, a little bit of a bite while I was uh, up on the ship too. So even though they say you have a lunch option of one or the other, if you get back to the ship, they're not gonna stop you from eating. Um, and then uh, we went back down to the planet. Uh, we were back on Batu for a little bit. And at this point uh, we had to be back on the ship at four. So just like a regular cruise ship, uh, you have your all aboard time. Uh, and the last shuttle left at 4 p.m. Uh, so Nate and I had an opportunity and I think Mark did as well, where we actually did get to go out into Hollywood studios and yeah. just make a loop around the park. Mark tried to ride a couple of attraction, a couple of rides, didn't really make it. Um, uh, you know, I did some shopping and some snack food eating and of course grabbed a Mickey bar, uh, because they do not mm -hmm. have any Mickey bars on the Halcyon. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was, a, it was a very nice day, but once again, they kept you going. You know, if you think you're going to just get off the ship and go to Hollywood studios, no, you know, I, I think that day we did probably almost 20,000 steps uh, between Batu and stuff on the ship. Um, and uh, Mark, do you want to have anything you want to say about our, our Batu journey? Uh, no, I mean, it just, that it, it's, it's um, yeah, I don't really have anything to add other than it. Yeah. I was surprised at how, you know, cause the, the night before we went down, we were talking about all, Oh, oh well, 
go do this stuff and then we'll go out to the park and hit some rides and stuff like that. It just doesn't work like that. I mean, if you're doing all the missions, again, you don't have to do all this stuff. We did, you know, um, you, you can go down and do a couple of missions and then go hit the park if you want. But if you really want the experience, then that's what we were all there for. We, we, we delved in and, and you were there all day. So, and it was, and it was fun. Like, like, it's not like, it's, it's a lot of work. Like it was a lot of walking and everything, but it wasn't like a chore, you know, uh, it was, it was a like, cause it, you know, we talk about all these missions, but it's like the missions are fun because it's like, they, you're like, well, what does this do? Right. Like it would, you know, like the missions are like, you're, you're like, well, you, you want to do the missions because you want to see what, what it leads to, you know, like, or at least that that was where I was, you know. Totally. The, you know, you get as much into the experience or you get as much out of the experience as you're putting into it. And if you participate in everything, I, I think it's a much fuller and more rich experience. Um, and, you know, four o'clock brought us back to the ship and, uh, you know, five o'clock was dinner. 5.30 was dinner. And the second night, it's a taste around the galaxy show, around the galaxy showcase. Um, and that's presented by your dining room staff. And they bring uh, foods from around the galaxy. So if you've seen the pictures on uh, the internet, uh, you might have seen the blue shrimp uh, and some of the uh, short ribs. Uh, food was, you know, once again, very good. Uh, second night was very heavy into seafood. Two of us were not into seafood, but they brought us additional beef. So yeah or bantha as they like to call it um so uh you know that that was available and, and i'm sorry i just want to add even but even while you're eating like the show's still going on you know what i'm saying like there's still even as you're sitting there at the table eating there are things going on around you there's there's the the singer might be singing things that are in story that you you can pick up so it's there's 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 always something going on even while you're you're just sitting eating dinner you know but, but right. i'm sorry right no i you know a couple of times people stopped by our table and they were like right. hey you know the amazing thing is these actors um you know these characters remembered who who we were uh and a lot of times they'd be like you know tony mark you know what are you guys up to oh you know how you know how was your day oh well we did this and we did this well can you join me at 6 45 in the engineering room okay yeah you know we're there you know we're there with bells on um, and every time they saw you, you know, addressed us by name, uh, chatted with us, usually had a new mission for us. Uh, so things just kept moving. Um, and that was pretty much the, the whole second evening was dinner. And then uh, eventually everybody gathers in the, the main uh, atrium for the, the final part of the show, um, which is a muster drill, which leads to a bunch of experiences uh, you know, inter interspersed with, with that day, we had some bridge training. We actually got to fire the weapons. We learned how to work the shields. Uh, we, you know, some of us got to jump the ship to, to light speed. Uh, so there was, there was a ton going on and, uh, definitely, definitely kept you going. And, and it lasted that second day until what about nine or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then once, it, go ahead. No, go ahead. I defer to you. Yeah, it, yeah, and, and then once once it, you sort of it's like the finale of the of the cruise. You you sort of have that, and then um, and then there's a dessert party afterwards, and you go down and and they give you more food. Right. And, then, and I like I I ate so much on this on this experience that it was uh you know like I was I'm gonna I'm gonna have to work out for the next two weeks to lose lose all the weight I put on on this cruise. So yeah. are your servers and other members of the crew natives of Batu, or are they earthlings or from other planets around the galaxy 
they're mostly Terrans, uh, which means they're from Earth. And uh, well, they're Terran in appearance, I should say. But a lot of them have backstories and they will engage you and let you know what planet they're from. And they'll tell you about their experiences. They'll tell you about life on Batuu. Um, You know, every every cast member, uh, every crew member of the ship is part of the story. Although there are probably only about five or six main characters in the act. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is uh, does have yeah. a backstory. Um, they just don't get the elaborate costumes. Uh, you know, they're part. They're more part of the ship's complement. Um, you know, much like a regular Disney cruise line, we had the same server both nights. She had mm-hmm. the galactic. Uh, you know, the 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 galactic popular name Gladys. Um, <laughs> You know, but Gladys was very nice. I, I can't remember where she was from, but you know, the next day, the 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 girl who put me on the shuttle, I I think was from uh, uh, like Dagobah, or she was a Gungan. Uh, you know, so she was telling her story, and and they're encouraged to do that. And it it you know, sometimes it enhances the experience, but sometimes I just want to wait for the shuttle and not have to talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I had the barest hint of a story the barest outline of a story um i didn't have a i didn't really have a name i had a name but then i didn't use it and i had the barest like i i knew i was from corellia that's what i would and i worked in the shipyards and that was sort of my story and and it came up a few times because they'd be like oh where are you from and you'd tell them oh, i'm from corellia and and then that would start a whole thing so right and and sometimes you know you would hear the the crew members ask where somebody was from and they'd be like where are you from and they're like you know we're from texas and they'd be like oh tell us about your planet of texas you know so they, they get into a a very lot uh very high degree of role playing uh and improv type stuff some better at it than others but uh, still still part of the experience and fun nonetheless awesome yeah and then you know our, our third day we pretty much like any cruise line you wake up and they want to get you off the ship as fast as possible uh so they do offer a continental breakfast uh in the in the dining room and uh then by i want to say what by 9 30 we oh, were yeah. off the ship yeah definitely uh, you know and the next boarding group comes on at, at one o'clock so they they turn the ship around pretty quickly um there's a hundred staterooms uh spread out over three decks and um yeah you know they they, they push the people through wow that sounds really cool yeah it, it was fun all right, so Autumn is not with us tonight, but she had a couple of questions that she wanted me to pass on. Um, so first she wanted to know if you had a party of mixed interests, um, think a mega fan with a less enthusiastic spouse, do you still think everyone's going to enjoy it? I, yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah, but like I, I going into this, I really thought I was like, oh, if you're not really like, if you're not this huge Star Wars fan, I don't know that you're you're going to be into this. But I will tell you now that after having done it, I, I don't think you need to be a huge Star Wars fan to do this. You know, I, I don't think you need to know. I don't think you need to have seen every movie. I don't think you need to see the, you know, the animated series or anything like that. It's it's just a fun experience. Like I, I really after having done it, you know, and my wife, my life likes Star Wars, but she's certainly not the fan I am. No, Mark, um, she, she tolerates Star Wars for she you. She tolerates Star Wars. Yes. Uh, um, but like, I think, I think I could go with my family and I think we would all really have a good time. You know, I, I, and, and, and we're all at different levels of, of, of where, how we enjoy it, you know? Yeah. I, I you know, I have to second what Mark says. I, I, I don't think you have to be a major Star Wars fan to enjoy it. I think if you are a major Star Wars fan, 
you know, you're going to enjoy it that much more. Yeah. Um, but if you're a fan and, and, you know, for those of you who listened to me on the mouse and more podcast or heard Mark and I on the mouse and more podcast, you know, you heard me say that you will enjoy this. If you are a fan of improv, if you are a fan of like the, um, dinner show experiences like a Tony and Tina's wedding or like a murder mystery type thing. If you're a fan of, uh, interactive uh experiences you know if you like that type of uh harry potter you know diagon alley type of thing there's so many different experiences that make up the whole and and pieces that make up the whole that if you're a fan of one of them it's going to draw you in and you might not know r2d2 from c3po you know but you may really like the interactivity with the characters and, and and having that type of like adventure experience and you know we've got to solve this you know if you like puzzles you know, this is, this is a, a great, uh, a great opportunity. And, and if you're a family, um, you, you know, I, I, I think that you're going to enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I will say that I had a friend reach out to me and she wanted to send her husband to the star Wars hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and she was like, you know, John can go off and do his star Wars thing while I go to Disney Springs. And I'm like, well, you know, that that's really not the intention of the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. Now, that being said, if that's what she wanted to do and they were paying for the Galactic Star Cruiser, by all means, she has every opportunity to take a pod back down to the cruise, uh, uh, the to the port, to, and, and she can take a transportation to Disney Springs. They're not going to stop her. You know, at the end of the night, you wanna go take a pod down and go to McDonald's, um, go to McDonald's, you know, and come back. Uh, they're not gonna stop you, but you know, you're there for the experience and, uh, you know, it is, it is a, a pricey experience. It's, it's definitely comparable to, uh, the cost of a real cruise or staying at a deluxe level resort. Uh, so, you know, you are paying for the experience and if you're not going to utilize it, I don't know why you would want to do that. Right. If that makes, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, and I, I even said like, if, you know, what Tony was saying earlier, but like, but like my, my kids really enjoy, uh, and they've always really enjoyed doing those things like, like the Phineas and Ferb uh, experience around World Showcase. They always really enjoy doing that, like that kind of like scavenger hunt kind of thing. And the scavenger hunts that are on the cruises that are available. Uh, If you like doing that kind of stuff, this is a lot like that. It's like this, that times 10, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's way more uh, interactive, but like, if you like doing that stuff, you probably enjoy, enjoy that element of the Star Cruiser. Awesome. All right. So Autumn's other question was, what were your favorite and least favorite areas of the ship, if you had one? Uh, I'm going to, I love the sublight lounge. We spent a lot of time at the sublight lounge and I, and I really, I could just sit there all day. I really, the lighting was really cool. Um, characters came in and out. Um, you you could get a table. I just really enjoyed sitting in the sublight lounge. Yeah, you know it's it, it's funny because my answer is the same. Um, as much as I like the dining room because I enjoy eating, uh, you know, we were able to go to the sublight lounge and we were four Star Wars fans. You know, Mark and I knew each other uh, from podcasting before we before our journey. Uh, Nate and John, the other two guys who were with us, you, you know, we we kind of knew who they were. Uh, because they're travel agents as well. But, um, you know, we, we didn't know each other. And then we bonded over Star Wars. 
and you know we we were able to talk about our experiences and and how much fun it was and uh you know we we spent uh i'd say we probably spent a good five yeah. hours six hours in the sublight lounge over two nights uh and had a number of pepperoni flatbreads uh, which were <laughs> phenomenal um so it uh, it was definitely my, my my favorite spot of the ship as well and the least favorite spot for me would be the exit oh, of course. you know the cruise terminal on the way out whether it's a, a disney cruise or, or a galactic star cruiser it's always the saddest part yeah, yeah. it's like riding the tragical express exactly exactly yeah when you ride under that sign that says see you real soon and you know you're leaving disney property that's that's sadness for sure all right amy i think you had some questions yeah i do so i listened to you guys on um the mouse and more and i have to say so i saw the you know the original three uh when i was a kid not a huge star wars person but when you guys were talking about it being like an escape room or scavenger hunt type thing that is that's intriguing to me that this is like up my alley um yeah doing all those different tasks for kind of a, a goal. So that sounds really cool. Um, when, when you went on it, before you got on it, did you realize how busy you were going to be before you went on? Not at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be a lot of like sitting around. There's not a lot of sitting around, at least for us. I mean, everybody, like I said, we were there. We did everything they gave us. You don't have to, right. but we did. And uh, so we, there was no, there was very little doubt there. Yeah. And, and Mark is a Phillies fan. So the world series was in effect at that point. <laughs> and, and I think the first night he was hoping to find a seat somewhere where he could just watch the game. Uh, sure. And, and, and that definitely wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Finish. Do, do you think like, I know you said there was a wide range of ages. Do you think that older grandparents and such do you think they would have would they tire from doing this because i know you guys were saying you were up and down and all over the place you know we, we we mentioned well i mentioned uh grandma star wars uh with her walker and every time we went out somewhere she was there you know now granted she took the elevator i'm sorry she took the turbo lift uh every time uh, she was going up and down a flight of stairs uh, uh but she was out there um and, you know, it, it's a it's a personal thing. I mean, obviously, if you've got mobility issues, uh, you know, you might not be able to have the same experience or, or be able to get to places as quickly. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that that stopped anyone from from not enjoying herself. I mean, she always had a smile on her face. Mm -hmm. Now, that might have been because she was enjoying the experience of watching the her grandkids or her kids do it. Um, but, you know, I did not see I did. I did not see anyone there pouting. You know, if you go on right. a cruise or you're in the parks, you always see that one family who just mm -hmm. always has that puss on their face. You know, dad doesn't want to be there. Mom's dragging them around. And, and they, you know, you, you seem to pass that same family like 80 times during the course of the day. I don't think I, I saw anyone who did not have like a smile on their face or like a, a giddiness, uh, a giddiness about them. Wow. That's cool. That's great. What, what would be like the youngest age? You there were baby, there were babies there really? right yeah there were i mean there were infants right with I were, oh i don't know if infant, but there were kids and carriers wow wow okay but you know obviously, actually i think that was grogu i'm not i'm not, uh, I'm not quite sure <laughs> yeah i mean there were uh, uh, there were a lot of younger kids like i was i was actually a little surprised by that 
because I, I don't know that I would take a younger kid. Yeah. But um, but there were a lot of younger kids and they seem to be having a, a blast, you know. Wow. OK. Um, another question I had for you guys. So you went to Batu, and I know you had tasks you were doing there. Let's say you chose not to go to Batu. Were there tasks on the ship still or were there things for you to be doing if you didn't go? Yeah, you could. Um, there were options. And so if you if you chose just like a regular cruise, if you chose not to have do any excursions or leave the ship, there were things to do on the ship. Um, uh, I don't remember exactly what they I know that they had didn't they have like droid building had, or something yeah they had droid races and, and droid races and ship model building and yeah. their version of of galactic bingo um but as far as like the the interactive experiences i think if you put in there in your decision tree that you weren't going down to the planet that there would be experiences uh for you on board the ship mm -hmm. i know even though we went down to batu i had to go back nate had to go back uh mark i don't know if you had to go back and go down to the uh cargo hold uh to do anything because mark was I on think a different missed... track yeah, I think I missed that one. Yeah, Mark was on a different track than Nate and I. And Nate and I actually had to leave Batu and go back to the ship. So, um, you know, it's a, it's ultimately like a big decision tree. So, you know, it's a bunch of yes, no answers. And even though it branches out into six or eight different experiences, no matter what you do, whether you opt to go off the ship or, or stay on the ship, ultimately for that final experience on night two, all of your your decision trees come back into the point where you're all participating in the finale. So I don't think there's any wrong answers or any wrong options um, because whatever path you choose, it all cycles back to the end. So they've done a very good job of of keeping the stories uh, broken, uh, separate. I shouldn't say broken. I should say separated. Um, and I think that if you go to Galactic Star Cruiser, that's definitely a, a selling point to return is the fact that, you know, next time I go, maybe I choose a different path. Um, Cause I kind of thought this would be like a one and done experience, right. you know, like Mark, I was really hesitant uh, and skeptical. Um, but having done this now, it's like, well, you know, my next time I could, I could follow the first order or I could, you know, go towards more like the Jedi side and, you know, have it, have an entirely different experience over my two and a half days. Do you make that? So I know you said like one of the guys on the trip went to the dark side. Yes. Did, was that a, a conscious choice that he made or is it yes. just one question sent him that way? It was a, I think it was, he, I, I think he said he was, he was going, he was following along and then he, he thought at one point, well, this might be interesting if I, if I go this route and, and that's how he went. So um, yeah, I think it was a conscious choice, but it, it, it does, it, there's things like I started out really intending to go down a different path. Mm -hmm. Like my, my, like, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Right. And so that was my initial, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to try to go down this path. But then where I ended up is not where I thought is where I started, <laughs> right? which was, and, I, and that was fine. I mean, I had a great time doing what I did, but it was just, it, it you know, it sort of evolves as you go, you know? So it kind of sounds like Anakin. I was going to say that kind of sounds like Anakin's story to me. He intended to stay on the light side, but then got interested in what was on right. the other side. So that might make you sympathize with those characters a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However, John did come back with both legs and both arms, so he did not. Make <laughs> 
All right. Well, we want to thank you guys. We don't want to take up too much more of your time, Mark and Tony, um, but thank you for joining us. Is there anything that we didn't mention that you think people should know about before taking a trip on the Star Cruiser? Well, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, if they want to do it, uh, I think I mentioned earlier that it it is comparable to, you know, a deluxe resort or a real cruise as far as pricing goes. Um Sample pricing, you know, for a two and a half day experience for a party of two, uh, sample pricing is listed at forty eight hundred dollars. Uh, that's based on two people in the stateroom. If you bring it up to four people in a standard stateroom, it goes to six thousand, just under six thousand. So, uh, if you're going with a larger crowd, your price drops uh, a bit. Your per person cost price drops. Um, but when you look at the fact that you're getting, you know, deluxe galactic accommodations, theme park entry, uh, what seven eight meals. Um, valet parking is actually included if you bring your own uh, vehicle. It is not an extra charge. Um, you know, non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, you know, it, it's very comparable, like I said, to a to a two or three night cruise. Uh, and if you're going to stay, in, you know, at a deluxe level resort and do a day in the park, you're not far off as far as cost. You know, a lot of people came out initially and and said that the cost was the stopping point. Uh, it's, you know, it is a little pricey and it might be an experience that you have to save for. Uh, but as a Star Wars fan and, and an adventure fan, you know, I, I think it was definitely worth it. Oh, well, I'm glad y'all got the opportunity to go. Yep. As am I. Right. Thank you. <laughs> so our trivia question last week was from Suzanne. And since she's not with us tonight, I'll go ahead and give the answer. The question was, what is the first thing that Mary Poppins took out of her bag? I did not know this myself. Um, I had to look it up, but the answer is her hat stand. So mm. good job to everyone who got that one correct. And tonight's trivia is Star Wars theme. Um, so the question is, what ominous phrase can be heard in every Star Wars movie? Without saying the answer, do you guys know the answer? I yes, so. I do. Okay. What about ladies? Do you guys, do y'all know? No idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you next week. <laughs> All right. So I'll go ahead and close this out. Thank you for listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. We are happy to be your one-stop shop for talking tips for Disney, Universal, and beyond. Please join us on Facebook and Instagram to keep the conversation going. All of us here, including Mark and Tony, are travel agents with Main Street and More Travel, a no-fee Disney earmarked agency. Please reach out to us for a free quote. Please rate, review, and tell your friends. And we'll see you real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.